you're listening to the No Fucks Given podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Knight, author of the No Fucks Given Guides, a series of self-help books for people like me who hate being told what to do. Just like the books, the podcast is fun, sweary, and full of tips and techniques for giving fewer, better fucks and living your best life. Let's get to it. Welcome to episode 13, Lucky 13. Thank you so much for listening. We are just growing this podcast week over week, and it's blowing my mind a little bit, I gotta confess. Um, Coming off of last week's You Asked For It audio advice column that I do once a month, I wanted to do a deep dive this week on boundaries, both professional and personal. I've talked about boundaries before, and I answered a couple of questions on that topic last week, But it's obviously, from my inbox at least, a big concern out there. And in particular, I think you could all use some help for post-COVID boundary setting. And, you know, I don't want to jump the gun on that, but there does seem to be a light at the end of this long and tortured tunnel for those of us around the world who are beginning to get access to the vaccines and uh, and all of that. So I think it's probably time to at least try to look forward a little bit and see what we can do about preserving some of the boundaries that you were forced to set during the pandemic, some of those no's that you were forced to say, and things that you actually couldn't do, regardless of whether you wanted to or not, and think about whether you really want to add those back into your life. And if you don't, um, I want to give you some ways to make sure that you don't have to and that you can preserve those fuck bucks that you've been saving willingly or unwillingly during the course of the last year and use them on things that really make you happy going forward instead of getting stuck back into your old patterns. Just on a personal note, uh, my last book that came out, Fuck No, came out in January of 2020 and an NPR reporter traveled all the way to my home in Las Terrenas, Dominican Republic, where I've been living for several years and was interviewing me about my books, The No Fucks Given Guides, Fuck No in particular, and it was a major career milestone to get on NPR. You know how hard it is to get on NPR when all of your books have fuck in the title? Um, And so this was a really long time in coming, and it turned out that this reporter actually managed to get down here about two days before her newsroom closed to the pandemic. So it was really lucky, and I felt so grateful that she actually came and did the interview. But then, of course, it didn't air for months and months because the world became a much more difficult place, and there was a lot more uh, newsworthy stuff to share than a silly little profile about a foul-mouthed self-help anti-guru. But eventually, they did decide to air the interview. I think it was in late May of 2020. And they asked me to record a little coda just to, you know, bring everyone up to date because it would have seemed weird to air the interview that I'd given so casually and and enthusiastically in pre-pandemic times without acknowledging where we were at the point where people were actually going to hear the interview. And anyway, I just went back and I listened to it to see what I had said and whether I had been, you know, ridiculously naive or uh, too facile in my thoughts about how the pandemic was going to unfold. And it turns out that I actually did give some perspective that I'm sticking to today, which is that I'm not usually one to identify or even look for silver linings. But I said then, and I'm saying now, that I hope that, you know, in some ways this might put me out of business because I hope that we've all been 
setting some boundaries that we had to set, that we were forced to set over the last year, and that with some attention to it, uh, we'll be able to maintain those boundaries going forward. And we might, just might, be able to look back at this year as a time that despite all of the stress and the grief and the loss, um, we did manage to sort out in our own heads what's really important to us and what isn't and make some decisions going forward about living our lives according to the former and not so dependent on the latter. So in today's episode, like I said, Lucky 13 of the No Fucks Given podcast, we are going to discuss the gates of hell no and a brand new metaphor I have for preserving your almighty fuck bucks. I'm going to focus today actually on FOMO, fear of missing out, because as vaccinations increase and reopenings increase, albeit, you know, haltingly and hopefully, so do opportunities, and it is going to be overwhelming. Uh, we're going to talk about personal FOMO, FOMO for the fun stuff, and professional FOMO, why you have it, how it affects your decision making, and what you can do to minimize or counteract it. I'm going to give you lots more examples of one of my favorite ways to say no in a FOMO situation, which is the no for now. And as always, stay tuned to the end of the episode for your NFG tip of the week. Finally, before we get into it, I just want to remind you, you can always visit my website, nofucksgivenguides.com for more info on my books, my journals, for the show notes to the podcast and links to downloads and stuff that I might mention on here. And if you want to submit a question for the next You Asked For It audio advice column for next month, you can email me podcast at nofucksgivenguides.com. Okay, stay tuned, and coming up, I'm going to take you to the gates of hell no. First, quick pop quiz for you. What do boundaries do? They protect things. What do you need to protect? Your time, energy, and money. Those who've been listening to the podcast, seen my TED Talk, or read my books know that I refer to time, energy, and money as your fuck bucks. And allocating and spending them wisely is making and sticking to a fuck budget. I also talk about mental decluttering, which has two steps, just like physical decluttering. First, you have to discard the things you don't give a fuck about, and then you have to organize your life around the fucks you have left. So discarding is like setting your boundaries, deciding what you don't give a fuck about, and then organizing is enforcing your boundaries, living your life according to those boundaries that you've set. And today I want to introduce a new metaphor because it's my podcast and I can do whatever the fuck I want. So I want to ask you to consider the sheep. Okay, we're going to imagine that your time, energy, and money are three big, fat, fluffy, woolly sheep. And these sheep are easy prey for thieves and wolves and basically anybody that wants to sneak onto your property and make off with them. In this case, I'm talking about friends, family, coworkers, roommates, partners, your own children. Anybody who is trying to make use of your time, energy, and money. And in this case, you are the shepherd and you need to set some boundaries to protect your sheep. 
These boundaries are henceforth known as the gates of hell no. You need to establish a perimeter. You need to cordon off a space inside which your sheep can roam unmolested by any of those thieves and wolves, aka neighbors, colleagues, friends, family, children, partners that I mentioned a minute ago. Imagine that outside this fence you've built are all of the people asking things of you, all of the tasks and obligations and favors and general impositions on your time, energy, and money that people want from you. And inside the fence is your own personal okay corral, the things that you want to say okay to, the things that you're happy to do, the things that serve you, and the things to which you're okay with saying yes. And the only way inside that fence and the only thing that is standing between your sheep and everyone who wants a piece of them are the gates of hell no. So once you've established your perimeter, you've discarded, you've mentally decluttered, you've decided which fucks you no longer give, the things you don't care about, and the things you want to say no to, you have to enforce that perimeter, often by saying no to other people, the thieves and the wolves. You have to keep those gates of hell no locked up firm and tight. And once again, you are the shepherd. You're free to decide that you in fact want to open the gates of hell no and let a few people inside to feast upon your fucks. You can do that. But if you want to protect your sheep from a bunch of would-be woolly bullies, you need to learn how to not only set but enforce that perimeter and keep the gates of hell no shut tight. So the first thing that I really want to stress here, guys, is that no begins with you. Setting these boundaries, mental decluttering, it happens in your own head first. You have to ask yourself, can I, you know, am I capable of doing this? Should I? Is it a good idea or is it too risky? Must I? Is it a true obligation or is it just something that I've been thinking of as an obligation but I don't really have to do? And finally, will I? Am I going to open those gates or not? And so you have to ask yourself and you have to answer honestly and critically and thoughtfully. Can I? Should I? Must I? Will I? You're the one who gets to answer, I can't. I shouldn't. I don't have to. And I won't. You have to say no to yourself before you can say no for yourself to other people. And now, as I mentioned, this pandemic year has taken away a lot, but it has given us a little bit in the form of boundaries that it set for us that we didn't have to make the effort to do for ourselves. And as the world opens back up, so too will all kinds of opportunities, both to do things that you really want to do that you've been missing so badly, but also to things that you kind of got away with not having to do when we weren't allowed and able to do them. So that's why I next want to focus on FOMO, the fear of missing out, because I think we're all going to have a lot of opportunity coming down the barrel at us in the next several months and through the end of this year, and we're going to have to be a little bit more choosy about what we spend our time, energy, and money on, or we're just going to wind up overwhelmed and overburdened and overtaxed the same way we were before all of this started, or at least the same way I was. I don't know about you, but 
I have a feeling that we all got a little bit of a respite from a lot of things on our to-do list that weren't true obligations that we probably shouldn't have been doing before the year 2020, and we have this opportunity to not pick them back up again. So next up, I'm going to talk about the fear of missing out and turning that FOMO into Jono, the joy of no. So last week in the You Asked For It audio advice column, I answered a question about dealing with after-the-fact guilt from having said no and then feeling guilty about it. Um, And I've talked a lot about guilt and obligation or perceived obligation on the podcast so far, particularly back in episode three. But like I said, today I want to focus on FOMO. This isn't about guilt. This is about the fear that you are going to be missing out on something if you say no to it, even though in your own head, you know you really don't want to do it. You're afraid of missing out on something fun, memories that your friends might be making without you, even if that particular Wednesday night is not one that you want to spend at a you know, black tie gala and get home at 2 a.m. and still have to get up for work the next day. Or you're worried about missing out on an opportunity, a financial opportunity, a promotion, something that if you don't say yes in a work context might come back to bite you down the line. People who experience FOMO are ruled by regret or potential regret. They go to parties and on trips even when they're not that excited about them. And in their professional lives, they always, always take the meeting. So I'm asking you guys, you FOMOers out there, to consider the sheep. If you can say no when you really don't want to do something, it's going to help you manage expectations, both for yourself and in other people's minds. You're going to be able to eliminate a lot of anxiety you feel about making these choices. You can get more confident in assessing what you want and what you don't want, you know, in setting that perimeter, building that fence, and locking those gates. And in the end, if you don't let yourself be ruled by FOMO and wind up saying yes and overcommitting and overbooking yourself to things you knew you really didn't want to do, you're going to be able to be more present and more excited for the things that you do say yes to, the people that you let inside those gates of hell know and into your okay corral to do with your sheep what they will. And that sounded really dirty, and I'm sorry about that, but uh, this is how you turn your FOMO into Jono, the joy of no. So here are a few tips if you're in the throes of FOMO. Things that you should be saying instead of yes include, I should trust my instincts on this one. Oh, I remember what happened the last time I said yes out of FOMO. I don't want to repeat that. And finally, there will be other chances. I don't have to say yes to this thing right now, today. And that is where the no for now comes in. So coming up, I'm going to give you a few solid examples of how to say a no for now when you are experiencing FOMO for the fun stuff, but also FOMO in a professional setting. The general idea here is to be able to set those boundaries and say no with confidence. Confidence in both who you are and what you want, and the fact that it is okay to express those wants, needs, and desires. And I'm actually going even deeper into building that confidence on next week's episode. 
But today, specific to those who are struggling with the fear of missing out, people experience it in different ways. Uh, Some FOMOers can be introverts who are perfectly happy being the way they are, uh, but don't feel like it's okay to be the way they are. They feel like society looks down its collective nose at introverts. They feel like there's something wrong with them, like they should want to be around people to say yes more often, and that normal people, that's normal in quotes, would want to say yes more often. Again, they know what they want and don't want. They just don't feel like it's okay to want or not want those things. But then you've got those FOMOers who, like I mentioned, are ruled by regret. They know what they want. At least they're pretty sure what they want. But they hadn't really come to terms on what they have to give up to get it. And as for you guys, I'm going to be blunt here. This is life. We have to make decisions. We can't be wishy-washy. We can't waffle back and forth. If we know what we want, we need to say what we want. And if we know what we don't want, we need to say that too. And if you are suffering from this fear of missing out and it's preventing you from making a decision or it's making you regret the decision you already made, well, then you're an adult and you can learn from that and you can make different decisions next time. Coming up, I'm going to drill down into FOMO for the fun stuff, the stuff that we're all going to have more and more opportunities to say yes to. There will be more invitations in the aftertimes of this pandemic, but if we don't want to get overwhelmed and we don't want to get back into a pattern of saying yes to things we don't actually want to do just because we could potentially do them again, we're going to need to get a handle on your FOMO. So I just want you guys to remember that back when you were setting boundaries to literally save lives, yours and other people's, it was okay. And it's still okay when you just want to set some boundaries to save your sheep. Okay, so in the sense of missing out on the fun stuff, FOMO takes two forms, before and after. Before is that anxiety and indecision fueled by the potential for regret. You're weighing your options, what you want to do, which is actually saying no, and what you feel like you should do or you're worried that you should do, which is saying yes so that you don't miss out on something potentially fun. And like I said earlier, this is a case in which you can remind yourself what happened last time you said yes out of FOMO. Was it actually fun? No. Then I think you can trust your instincts on this one. Then you've got the after FOMO. The fear of missing out that comes after you've made your decision, you've set your boundary, you've executed it, and now you're sitting at home wondering if you made the wrong choice. And that feeling is the feeling that makes it harder for you to make decisions in the future. It's a vicious cycle. So again, I gotta remind you, we're all adults, and if it turns out that you did make the wrong choice, there's nothing standing between you and changing your mind and unlocking those gates of hell no and saying yes in the future. Ultimately, you are going to have to take some calculated risks here. So there are three questions to ask yourself when you are in the throes of FOMO. One is, what are the consequences of saying no? In the case of something you honestly don't want to do, then the consequences of saying no are that you definitely don't have to do it. Now ask yourself, 
What are the consequences of saying yes? Okay, so you might have fun. But you also might be just as miserable as you expect to be. And that's why you wanted to say no in the first place, right? And in the cold light of day, you have to ask yourself, which of these options seems better to you? You gotta make a decision and then place that bet with confidence. Now, if you're still feeling that FOMO in the aftertime, ask yourself these questions. Did you have the time, energy, or money to spend on saying yes to this invitation or commitment that was asked of you? Did you have the sheep to spare? The answer is probably not, or you would have said yes. But fine, let's say you technically had the time, energy, or money to spend. Did you want to spend it? Clearly not, or you would have said yes. So the final question is, you're sitting there with your FOMO after the fact, but are you happy with the choice you made? Are you glad to be wherever you are instead of wherever you said no to being? If the answer is yes, then you did the right thing. Congratulations. What's the fucking problem? And just a couple of things to remember when you're experiencing that after-the-fact FOMO. First of all, Instagram and social media in general are built on lies. So if your FOMO is being triggered by seeing pictures or video of whatever it was that your friends or family are doing without you, just keep in mind they're only showing the world the highlight reel. And also, some of them probably didn't want to go either and are now suffering the poor decision-making they made as a result of their FOMO. Also, if you said a quick and confident no, then even if you're second-guessing it now, at least you got taken off that group text planning situation sooner rather than later. And that's a bonus. Finally, if you've well and truly changed your mind and it's not too late, then you can just put on your party pants and go. And if it is too late this time, make a different choice next time. And you can always learn to leave your options open in the first place with one of those no for nows that I was talking about. Just do me a favor and everyone else, don't confuse a no for now with a maybe. A maybe is wishy-washy and indecisive, and that is not what we're all about here on the No Fucks Given podcast. Instead, master the no for now. It's a way to set your boundary. It's a way to keep the gates of hell no locked up tight, unless and until a point in the future when you have decided and you are in control of opening them back up again. But it also ensures that people don't stop asking you for things if you want them to, that people don't stop inviting you to things if you want them to. A no for now is a way to be explicit, to make your boundaries known, but also to keep yourself open to opportunity in the future for fun or for profit. So, for example, on Funtime FOMO, let's say this summer is looking COVID-free and you've got some friends who are setting up a beach timeshare and they want to know if you're in. And for whatever reason, you can't, shouldn't, or don't want to do it. Let's say you can't afford it, all right? And you can feel that FOMO creeping in. But you want to make sure they ask you again next summer or this fall or this winter. Maybe it's a ski trip. I don't know. My point is, all you have to do is be honest. You can say, thank you so much for inviting me. I just can't afford it this year. But I don't want you guys to not ask me again or think that I'm not interested. In fact, if you want to commit to doing this next year, I will start saving now. I will definitely be in and I'll buy the first case of LaCroix for the house. 
Or you know what? Let's say this isn't a matter of money. This is a matter of time and energy. Or maybe this introvert stuff I've been talking about. And suddenly, when the world opens up, your friends and family want you. They want to see you. They want to be with you. And you want to see and be with them too. But it's just too much all at once. I know that a lot of us are going to have this problem. And it's a great problem to have if we've made it through the pandemic and onto the other side. But you are entitled to say, whoa, hold up too much too soon. I can't see 10 people in 10 days the minute I re-enter society. Maybe you've got a lot of other stuff you have to do, you know, doctor's appointments that you've missed out on for the last year, or yard work, or I don't know what the fuck you have to do. But I know that I've got so many friends and family that I want to see and who desperately want to see me. But I'm just going to burn myself the fuck out if I try to do it all at once. So this is when you get to practice your no for now. You know, you might have this fear of missing out on the 17 social engagements that your friends and family are setting up, but you just might know yourself well enough to know that if you try to do them all, you're going to get anxious, you're going to get overtired, you're going to feel regret, and you might even get resentful. So why not just say the no for now on the front end and leave the opportunity open, leave the door open for getting together when it works for you better a little bit down the line. It's okay. You can do it. I'm going to do it. And to be honest, if there are things that you never wanted to do with your friends and family and you know that you still don't want to do just because you can and there's no pandemic, you can also say a hard no. You don't have to let this stuff back into your life now that you've spent a year practicing keeping it at bay and hanging outside your gates of hell no. Your OK Corral is open for business only if you say it is. And speaking of open for business, I'm going to move forward into professional FOMO, official opting out. This isn't the fun time stuff. This is the work stuff. This is the stuff that costs you money, that costs you a reputation or a relationship with your boss, your coworkers, or your clients. I know that this can be tough in the best of times, and I know that your employment situation may be or feel more precarious during this post-COVID time, or like I said, this hopefully post-COVID time. So I'm not here to gloss over the real fear of treading carefully in order to keep your job. You know, fear is a good motivator. Sometimes it helps us make the right decisions. Uh, but this episode of the No Fucks Given podcast is really to help you distinguish between irrational fear of missing out and common sense. And like I said before, to take calculated risks to improve your life. This is kind of my thing. So just off the top of my head, let's say that there was a family you used to dog sit for regularly before the pandemic and they haven't been able to travel all year and suddenly they've got places to go and things to do and they're calling you and asking if you can be available in three days time to dog sit for Fluffy for three weeks. And you can't. Maybe you've got a big test to study for. Maybe you've got a long delayed trip of your own that you're going on. But you have this FOMO. You have this fear of missing out on being their dog sitter in perpetuity because if you disappoint them now, what if they never call you again? And I think you know what I'm going to say here. The solution is be honest with them. Tell them that. You know, even go so far as to say you are so thrilled for them 
that they get to be out of town. And, you know, you really wish that you could help them out, but you've got some plans of your own that you're super excited about post-COVID, or you've got some things that you have to do that you, you know, haven't been able to do for the last year and you're just not available. But you really hope, just like with your friends in that beach house, that they won't forget about you, that they'll ask you again next time, that you really want to be able to do this and now you just can't. It's a no for now, but please keep you in mind in the future. This is the kind of thing that people don't think about doing because they're they're paranoid by their FOMO. They're paralyzed by their FOMO. But the thing to remember is that we're all living our lives here and chances are the person that is asking you to do something for them has also been asked to do things for other people and understands that it's not always possible. So be honest and be explicit about your FOMO, even in a professional setting. Make it clear that you'd love to be considered in the future, you hope to be available in the future, and you hope that you'll be their first call. And now let's expand into a day job, a regular job. Uh, Those of us who've been lucky enough to hold on to our jobs and careers during this pandemic, they've still probably changed a lot since we've been forced into different kinds of working situations. Um, You know, certain tasks have been eliminated because we literally can't do them uh, and processes have changed. And if some of those have actually been improvements for you, Uh, This episode is intended to help you think about how you can nip your FOMO in the bud and not reintroduce those things into your life going forward. Uh, One of the great workplace movies of all time, Office Space, you may recall, uh, one of the supervisors says to the main character, I see you've been missing a lot of work lately. And he says, I wouldn't say I've been missing it. And this is the kind of energy I urge you to channel going forward in 2021. Remember that professional FOMO uh, is the same as fun time FOMO. It boils down to anxiety before you make the decision, worrying about whether it's the right one, and regret afterward, not sure if it was the right one. And just like those introverts who might worry that there's something wrong with them for not wanting to go to that party... Uh, workplace FOMOers might feel insecure about their level of ambition or their lack of ambition. They might not feel like it's okay to be pretty cool with letting that opportunity go by the way they seem to want to. They're asking themselves, should I want this more? Is there something wrong with me that I don't? Or they're comfortable with their own desire to say no, but they just don't really trust that they're making the right decision Like, might I regret this? Am I going to get punished? Am I being short-sighted? So once again, do you remember those four questions that I told you you need to be asking yourself way back at the beginning of this episode? Can I? Should I? Must I? Will I? That should I is where calculated risks come in, most especially in the workplace. You know, sometimes you'll recognize a true obligation versus a perceived one, and you'll do what needs to be done. I actually talked a lot about obligation in episode three of the podcast and directed you to my Do I Really Have To flowchart, which is on my website, which is a great quick tool to consult to figure out if this is something that even though you don't want to do, you really should. Sometimes it's going to be worth that extra outlay of fuck bucks, you know? It's going to be worth it to give over one of your sheep 
to earn you a favor in the future or make a good impression on your boss, on your colleague, on a client, even on your assistant. Um, Being worth it could mean gaining actual time, energy, or money, or it could just mean gaining favor or respect. Uh, But it could also mean, you know, it's worth it to do something you don't want to do and maybe shouldn't have to do, but you just don't want to take the risk. The fear of that risk outweighs the reward of saying no in the moment, so you just pull up your big boy panties and get her done. Remember, you are asking yourself, what are the consequences of saying no? What are the consequences of saying yes? And which set of consequences looks better to me? And if you do decide to go with no, you can make it a no for now. So, for example, if your coworker asks you to cover for them, you could say, I can't this time, but you can feel free to ask me again. If a client asks for too many changes and at the last minute, you could say, it's not possible to change direction at this stage, but after you see my draft, I'm more than happy to talk about the next steps. Um, and, you know, higher degree of difficulty because you're saying no to a boss, but doable. Let's say your boss repeatedly asks you to cover for a colleague who sucks. You could think about those consequences and you could be honest with yourself and you could have confidence in who you are and what you want and what you deserve. And you could say, this situation of regularly covering for this colleague who sucks is not really working out for me. But if you're interested in combining our positions, I'd love to talk about increasing my responsibilities and a promotion and a pay raise accordingly. So do you think you're getting the hang of the no for now? It's a way to set that boundary. It's a way to say no in the moment to something you truly do not want, shouldn't have to do, or can't do, but leave the opportunity open for the future. Basically, if you're suffering from this fear of missing out, You don't have to be afraid of saying no if you set yourself up to say yes on better terms going forward. And in general, you don't have to let yourself get lulled by FOMO or anything else into taking on things that you are so fucking happy you got to let go of this year. If you're happy with what you've got, stay happy and say no. If you're happy now, but you know, you have your eye on changes for the future, use the no for now. And if doing what's right for you rubs other people the wrong way, then fuck them. I'm going to get into that more next week when I talk about that confidence building I mentioned and also how to stop giving a fuck about what other people think. For now, a quick recap of everything we talked about today and then on to the NFG tip of the week. I started out by telling you that you need to set some boundaries and you need to enforce them. And that need is greater than ever once the world is opening back up and the opportunities are going to come flowing in in a potentially very overwhelming way. So I asked you to consider the sheep. I talked to you about the gates of hell no and being judicious about letting people in to your personal okay corral. You practiced during the pandemic whether you liked it or not, now preach it going forward. Ask yourself, can I, should I, must I, will I? You have to answer yourself before you can answer to anyone else. Remember to visualize the consequences and take calculated risks. You're an adult, you can do this. 
And that brings me to the NFG tip of the week, Baby Shower 2010. This tip works on all kinds of yes men, the people that I told you about back in episode three, the overachievers, the people pleasers, the pushovers, and yes, the FOMOers. The reason I call it Baby Shower 2010 is because that's when I was asked to plan a baby shower for a friend of mine, and I said yes immediately without thinking through the consequences. I don't want to belabor the situation here, but the fact is, I don't like babies. I don't like baby showers. I was certainly not the only person that this friend of mine could have depended on to organize and host her shower. I don't know why I said yes, and boy, did I regret it. It turned into a really long story, but basically, Baby Shower 2010 became a talisman, and I'm guessing that you have one of these. So I want you to think about it, and I want you to write it down. Write down the last time you said yes to something that you really wanted or should have said no to, but you said yes anyway. Write it down, and then write down what it cost you. How many sheep did you lose? Physically, emotionally, financially, whatever. And then I want you to look at that, and I want you to ask yourself, in hindsight, was it worth it? And the answer is no, or you wouldn't have chosen it as your example. So use this going forward the way I use Baby Shower 2010 to help you visualize the consequences. Anytime you're tempted by FOMO or people-pleasing or whatever, take Baby Shower 2010 out of your pocket, roll it around in your palm, stroke it, wish on it like a magic lamp, and think twice before you unlock your gates of hell no. And that's it for episode 13, my little fucklings. Thank you for listening. Coming up next week, I am going to dive into the topic of my favorite of my no fucks given guides, the only one that doesn't have a curse word in the title, You Do You. I'm going to talk about how to build confidence and embrace what makes you you and also how to stop giving a fuck about what other people think. I can't wait to share this with you. And meanwhile, thank you again so much for listening and making the No Fucks Given podcast a hit. If you're not already, please follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and then it will appear magically every Tuesday on your device of choice. And if you like what you hear, please, please, please consider leaving me a quick rating or a review. Just tapping those five stars is easy for you, and boy, is it satisfying for me. And don't forget that you can visit nofucksgivenguides.com for all the show notes, downloads of things I mentioned, like that do I really have to flowchart. You can look at my books, my journals, sign up for my No Fucks Given newsletter, all that good stuff. And in particular, check out episode three if you haven't already, How to Say Fuck No. It's got a lot more on setting boundaries and specifically saying no with regard to guilt and obligation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Knight. No fucks given, not sorry.